2: The Around the NFL podcast doesn't care if you have one ass cheek
3: and three toes. We do not. In fact, we prefer that you're a grotesque being (laughs) here. (laughs) Sure. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio. It's Around the NFL. Week 14 recap. Dan Hans is here. Heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. That's Dan Camp. That's one of the many great Dan Campbell quotes from Hard Knocks over the summer. And um, we are making history here on today's show. For the first time, and this is our 10th season, so somebody do the math. How many Sunday shows have we done?
4: Uh, it'd be 613. 613? Well, 600. I think it'd be closer
3: to you know, 170. All right. Let's say 170. Let's, let's split the difference. Three hundred and twelve. Okay. We've done three hundred and twelve Sunday are all shows. Such terrible guesses. And um and we have never led with the Detroit Lions. What? Never. I mean, why would we? They've always been bad. Um for the most part. There was one playoff season in, in the mix. Uh was it the uh, what game? They got screwed. It was it the Des, Des Caught it game? It was the next week with the Lions got screwed and the Cowboys win? Long time ago, point being. And yet today's show, we have a bunch of interesting uh, subplots and league storylines, and the playoff race heating up, and because the Lions are right in the middle
4: of that, that's where we're going to start today. Well, well, it's about time. I'm enth- I'm enthused by the by the decision. You're finally, you finally get on board with the <laughs> Not, team of ATL. I, All it took well, was getting it. first in this show, even last week. I was singing their song and I, I think they're one of the most interesting developments in the entire conference. They kind of are becoming like
5: one of the stories of the league. We're going to have to be welcoming and generous to the rest of the
3: football world uh, as they catch up to our love that we've had for the Lions. I think that, yes. And I think we're ahead of the story (laughs) and now we're bathing in that. And why don't we, before we get to the first game, which of course will feature the aforementioned Detroit Lions, let's go back to hard knocks and and hear from Dan
6: Campbell. There is nothing like winning. And I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter if it's freaking dominoes, it's spades, it's Blu it's croquet, it's chess, it's preseason, kicking. It does not matter, man. Winning is winning. And it feels good, man.
3: Winning is winning, and it feels good. And the Lions, the 2022 Detroit Lions, cannot stop winning, they're addicted
7: in motion is Sewell golf to throw wants to throw it to Sewell
6: he caught it, he it on the first down oh yes. the big man dives down to the 31 yard line oh that is beautiful first down Detroit Lions Ben Johnson you are my hero yes <laughs> getting
7: the big fella involved in and I love it he went in motion did you see that speed Ben Johnson I love you
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo! Beautiful call. Dan Miller, team. Lomas Brown. WXYT. Penny Sewell. Team! Just one of many great wide receivers. Although not technically a wide receiver. Oh, <laughs> screw it. Well, <laughs> Now it's time to shine a light. Come on, Mark. Go, baby. Team. Team. No, no, no. Now, of. A. T. L.
4: This is a very, very special honor. Special honor. Oh, oh, it's ragged. I'm not getting better at that, though. You had, you had me do the same part of the song last week, and I'm not improving. Like,
3: <laughs> really, none of us are, but okay. we're going to get it because we're going to get more chances to do so. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, the Detroit Lions, they welcome the Minnesota Vikings into their building, the 10-2 and 2 Minnesota Vikings, and they just kind of dominate them in a 34-23 win Jared Goff once again has a big game, including an opening scoring touchdown pass to rookie Jamison Williams. Add him to the mix. Very fun. Uh, Greg, we'll start here, though. Give us background on that play to Sewell that uh, had the Detroit announcers all fired up. It's the perfect place to start because it just outlines how aggressive
5: this team is, even with the lead. That is a third and seven play from the Vikings 41-yard line with two minutes to go in the game. The Vikings uh, still have two timeouts at that point. So time and timeouts are a huge factor. And I came out of that timeout thinking they've been running the ball poorly, but they'd probably run the ball there. See if they can get close enough to maybe go for it on fourth down, or if not, you punt it back. Instead, you break out Panay Sewell, not just catching that pass where it's like a tackle eligible. No, he's in motion running like a freight train. I want to give him the ball in the goal line, in the end zone sometimes uh, at, at backfield, because he had a lot of speed there. Uh, Dan Campbell said after the game he thought he could be a Hall of Fame tight end. To show that aggressiveness was typical of a day Hall where... Hall of Fame tight end. I know. He's like, if you lost <laughs> a little weight, he's that athletic, he could be a Hall of Fame tight end. I don't know about that, but it was a nice catch. It was, the ball wasn't exactly on him. He knew what to do, but it was typical. They went for a fake punt, Dan, on, on fourth mm. and seven with the lead. They kept sending pressure on defense, and then more than anything with the lead in the second half of this game, they kept throwing because the running game wasn't working and they kept stacking points. They would have scored on six straight possessions to end this game, if not for a missed field goal. And that was by throwing. I think there's just
4: complete full DNA buy-in, by the Lions to be this aggressive. They've been doing it all year. And, you know, like when they were losing, it really wasn't the reason they were losing either. It's like I just love their sort of go-for-it nature. It, it requires everyone from Dan Campbell to Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, who even knew who Ben Johnson was a year ago this time? He's you're like, a genius! He's completely, he's completely become more of a household name at this point. And I just am so impressed with some of these better performances we're getting from Jared Goff because it reminds me, To some degree, how he looked when he was very well surrounded environmentally with the Rams and good coaching and fit in so well. And it's like, you know, we came into this season thinking like Jared Goff is just a placeholder, a fill in. They're going to go draft someone. I think he's proven himself to be a legit NFL starter all over again.
3: Are you echoing my comments on the Friday fun show? Yeah, you were ahead even, of that. I that don't even recall one.
4: what happened on that show, but if I am, I then it's it only I literally spoke for adds. like
3: seven straight minutes about <laughs> this very topic, that Jared Goff is having a big year and the Lions have a big decision to make uh, come in the offseason. Oh, there's no decision. He's there next year. Well, yeah.
4: They can still draft th- someone, someone, though.
3: 330
5: yards, three touchdowns. This might have been uh, his best game. Yeah. We got a report it's from great. our insiders before the game uh, that right. like, they're looking to him as their future quarterback. We'll yes,
3: see. and we'll see, because once upon a time, the same insiders reported Jameis Winston was the future of the Bucs quarterback room <laughs> as, as late as week 16 before that Saturday <laughs> game. These things change, but in the here and now, Goff is doing everything Right. And uh, yeah, that I'm looking at it now, you know, obviously the Sewell play, but the a fourth and seven from their own 26 yard line uh, with 11 minutes ago in the third quarter, the seven point lead, they they pull off a, a fake punt they're just feeling it and let's hear from Campbell now in the here and now you heard from him in August when he was pumping up his team and now he's got this team rolling here's Campbell after the game about the team's chances of maybe going to the postseason which are now real
6: look it was one of the reasons why I wanted to be here I said that in my opening press conference anybody that read that or saw that it was one of the reasons I want to be here because I knew this could be a special place man this is one of those areas where uh, you get a winner here in Detroit and uh, and it'll be something special. And it's not like that everywhere. It's not. And so to get this place back on its feet, man, play winning football, something that hadn't been done here in whatever that is, 20-something years uh, or over. And, uh, you know, it is. But we're not there yet. We're not there. You know, we're playing pretty good football, and uh, we just won another one. And and now, man, yeah, it feels good. Let's go get the next one. It's all we can worry about.
3: and uh yeah you you did a great job obviously on offense they scored at least 25 points every week um and their defense i know the past defense left a lot to be desired in fact kirk cousins had his best game of the year he threw for 425 and two touchdowns but you also held dalvin cook to uh 23 yards on 15 carries, so they are that team now. We talk about this this type of team all the time, the teams that are really prolific offensively and can score. And when you're when you are very good offensively, you don't need to have great defense; just have to have a passable defense. And they're there now, and that's why they keep winning.
5: They keep making big plays defensively. Rodrigo is not just a hard knock story; yeah. he's a genuinely difference-making linebacker as a rookie. A couple huge run stops in this game. They got pressure on Cousins, and it was why I was so impressed with Cousins. I thought it was easily Cousins' best game of the year. He was under duress so many times. He had There was nine quarterback hits. Aiden Hutchinson, I thought, had hit one of his best games of the year. They were all over him in terms of their pass defense, and Cousins kept making tough plays, but you're seeing different parts of the team step up dj shark being healthy and kind of being the guy that they paid him to be which was maybe their number one receiver right that's been a quietly big development josh reynolds is back Jamison williams is in this game and gets a 41 yard touchdown on a busted play didn't play that many snaps again but even just adding that to the offense it's like they could beat you different types of ways and they're winning games convincingly they beat the giants convincingly they beat the jaguars convincingly they beat the vikings convincingly i mean they i mean i know they they needed to make a play late
3: but this is a two score win and the vikings are vikings fans are going to be very quiet today and this week, because this game kind of was what all the people that were doubting the Vikings were kind of expecting in this game. So you have now, you have obviously the embarrassment of the Cowboys lost. They kind of escaped that Jets game with a win. They could have easily lost that. And now this game happens, Mark. And it's like, yes, they're 10-3. and three. Once again, they can't clinch the division, but they will clinch the division. But there's just a lot of questions with that team in, in terms of the goal of getting to the Super Bowl.
4: I don't even think that most Vikings fans would even – have a problem with us raising the questions we always raise about the Vikings. Now I mean, they won't, but they were until this game. Yeah, but I think like your level headed Vikings fan talked about the fact that, you know, they were winning these close ones. Um you're not getting the best season of the uh, ever from Kirk Cousins on any level. They're like the only ten and three team to have ever had a negative point differential <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's I crazy. mean so they kind of just are who they are. Could they win a playoff game? Sure. But they're a bad defense, and so that's what I think is really
5: worrisome. They're exo- extraordinarily really bad pass defense. safe. Like, they try to play it safe and bad, which is like a bad combo. If you're going to be bad on defense, at least be like the Giants and be aggressive and make some plays. But they're sitting back there. They really missed Harrison Smith today. If if you want to have a positive, I know I mentioned you know Kirk playing well. Jefferson had 223 yards. Kirk had the fifth highest Wait, completion. percentage you say? 223 oh, no, yards. No, oh,
3: you mean 123 No, no yards. I mean
5: 223,
3: and it should have oh, been, sir. It should have been 260.
5: <laughs> he would have had another t- a touchdown in this game that was on a bad call late in the game. They ended up scoring, but it cost them a minute of time, mm. which was it, it, his foot did not go out of bounds. So his fantasy owners uh, should be mad. And Kirk played out of his mind. He had the fifth highest completion percentage over expected of any quarterback in any game this year. And so that's a positive sign that, like, if you could get Kirk to play like that, The only reason they lost this game was, you know, Hawkinson drops a dime on third down. That kills one drive. And then they call a pop pass in the red zone for Dalvin Cook. And he didn't admit it was a pop pass afterwards, but it sure, it it was a pop pass. And he fumbled it. Like, you know, where you... Oh, Get the ball, oh, and it, then you run it, up, it, it. and then you jump the Tebow play. Except he like started looking up before he ever saw it, and then just started bobbling it around. Mm. And that was ten points right there. And this was like an arena league game where that that right.
3: was the difference. And you gave up four hundred sixty-four right, yards. Right, the defense stinks. These Lions
4: now play the Jets. Ooh. And I've already like
3: you as you guys, I know you guys will understand, and I hope everyone connected with this amazing experience the team of around the NFL has been. I need to take a one-week sabbatical and step away from the Lions, and I hope you guys can understand
4: that. And if you can't, that's an issue, but... You guys being the two, I certainly think the two of us can understand where you're coming from. Right. As would most, like, level-headed thinking human beings. I now forget who it was. This is not a
3: happy thing for me. No. That's something I struggle with. You will
4: get through it, too, I believe. Who
5: came over our desk today and said, like, oh, that's going to be tough, uh tough for Dan next week. I was like, is it?
4: I mean, uh team of no. ATL is
5: uh, Greg, a I lot said, of fun. I said that oh, it was to you. you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who came over to our desk? I was thinking it wasn't you because it's like, well, Greg, it's not going to be too There's tough. There's no
4: one else in our newsroom. The only people that I speak to on Sunday are Greg until Dan shows That's up. That's Dan and true. Greg. Drew, I mean,
5: Drew came over. Well, Can was, we move on? Here. guys, Kay. please. <laughs> please. Uh,
3: all right. So the uh, lines are a big storyline right now. <laughs> the other big story on Sunday uh, to me is what happened at the big bell bottom in Santa Clara,
0: Purdy back. Time pumps. Now going to throw for the end zone, wide open. Brandon Ayuk, touchdown!
7: San Francisco. Ayuk, 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 Ayuk is on fire. <laughs> yeah, so is Brock Purdy.
3: Oh, okay. We have a submission. For the dad call of the year. <laughs> and I liked it. I'm a dad. Greg Papa and Tim Ryan. K-N-B-R. Brandon Ayuk. You know, he scores a touchdown every week. That's that, And he's not the only one that could do that. The 49ers have great pieces on offense. We know this. But if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have hope in the NFL. And yet, Mark Sessler. Maybe the Niners, having already lost Trey Lance, having already lost Jimmy Garoppolo, Still have an answer, quarterback, because Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, steps up, plays lights-out ball in a 35-7
4: blowout of Tom Brady and the Bucks. Woo! I really am trying to remember a quarterback debut like this. Um, again, someone not unlike Ben Johnson we just talked about, that Brock Purdy was an a essentially invisible human being 10 days ago. And the way he played today, and you know they have all his this... nickname
3: was literally Mr. Ir- Irrelevant. Right. Yeah. I mean,
4: and it's it's incredible how he played today. And I I watched this Niners offense, and the first one was like, is it, are all the pieces around him kind dim- of diminish because he's going to be playing inside a very safe scheme and doing safe things that you'd expect from someone that's never done this in the NFL before? The total opposite. They couldn't have been more aggressive. They gave they had they showed so much faith. In Brock Purdy to throw the ball in key situations, and the result was I thought you got the best version of Christian McCaffrey, who was unstoppable. Like literally, they they had no answers for, for Christian McCaffrey. Brandon Ayuk doing his things before Debo Samuel left with an ankle injury, and we're hearing that that's potentially not season ending. He could come back at some point, or it could be a high ankle. We'll see. All of these pieces were operating in total unison Mm. with total power. Uh, They were running the ball all over the place, too. And Brad Purdy just kept making throw after throw at at the end of the first half because the second half was just uh, the thing was over. Uh, He finished 14 for 18 for 185 yards and two touchdowns and no, no turnovers. I just was like completely impressed with like it, it is an argument for the Shanahan quarterback friendly quarterback proof attack where I think you know that comes and goes and it's not sometimes you feel like he's a little overinflated on that front. Not today. I mean the way that he came into this with total preparation, Brock Purdy, it tells me a lot about the coaching staff. And I know that we didn't maybe love Brian Greasy, the analyst, but there's something going on with him as quarterback mm. coach too. I think he's done a good job. And it was like, you know, there's a, a lot of greasy stuff. pop in a big spot. Yeah. They, they, they talked about how he had Shoot. really gotten him prepared for this moment. Well, they scout, if nothing, you have to give them credit for
5: being able to choose these Shanahan quarterbacks and be able to self-scout, too. Once they had him, they really seemed to know what they had yeah. in him and that they picked these guys late in, in the draft that can keep your season afloat. Now, it looks like he could do even more. It told me a lot when on that touchdown throw to Ayuk, that they were being that aggressive in that spot because they got the ball there with a under a minute and a half to go. And they went for a touchdown yep. to kind of pour it on with, with a seventh round rookie. Yep.
4: I think they pushed him to do everything he could. And, and it does change like the, the, the nature of the Niners. We were like, uh Oh, every year this seems to happen to them. And if Brock Purdy can't play, they're cooked. And they were one of the more interesting possibilities in the NFC. I came out of today's game. It's one game but like he if you had showed me without seeing like the human face or the, the uniform and told me he would have had Tom Brady's performance so that would have met, met, been more fitting cuz Tom Brady didn't, he Tom Brady at one point had his hand hit a helmet and you could tell he was in pain mm. he threw an interception on the next play he overthrew people from there and the bucks you know when we've seen them fall flat for quarters and halves at a time This was the worst version of that, where you leave with literally no faith in their offense on any level. And I don't know what is going on with Tom Brady and Mike Evans, but the the tone was set in this game when he hit Mike Evans on a 68-yard touchdown early on, and then it was taken back by penalty. There were three or four Bucs penalties in this that completely shut them down, opened the door for San Francisco. And it was just an example of when San Francisco hits the gas like this. If this is the version you're going to get, they could beat anyone in the NFC. I think the Eagles obviously are the the one team that stands out there that could be the biggest challenge for them.
3: Yeah, the Evans thing, you know, if that touchdown stands and it, it was called back on... What was the call? Well, it, was a, it was a holding that a holding. led directly Donovan to Smith. the touchdown. Donovan because yeah. Smith Donovan is Smith killing beat. them yeah. Yeah. on a weekly basis, getting touchdowns wiped off back-to-back weeks. He's, he's been an issue for them. But, uh, yeah, if that touchdown stands, we're probably not having the conversation, but it didn't stand. And then you see at one point on the sideline, uh, who knows, but Brady and Evans kind of animated, talking back and forth to each other. Um, and Brady... Who much was made obviously in the press? He had that amazing comeback on Monday Night Football, and then uh, this was his homecoming. He grew up in nearby Sa- San Mateo. San Mateo. I mean, they hammered California. that storyline into the ground. And uh, he had, he asked for 150 <laughs> tickets or something like that, and the game's 35 nothing uh, in the, s- the second half. So it's just it's been a very very frustrating season for Tampa Bay. They're not a good team. They're just not good. The, their defense is, you know. Average. It spikes at times, but it's definitely not a difference maker like it's been in past years. The offense is definitely limited. Brady averaged four and a half yards an attempt in this game. And so they are what they are. And on the San Francisco side of things, Jimmy Garoppolo um, was playing very well. But at the end of the day, Garoppolo is what he is, which is a facilitator. He is the dreaded game manager, which doesn't have to be a bad thing, especially an offense like that. Seeing now Brock Party do it the way he did today doesn't mean like he's going to be a stud now to them, but that would be a crazy story if he, if he did turn into a stud. But if he can just do this be the facilitator, get the ball into the hands of the players. Yes, they're going to survive this and be a tough out in the NFC. I mean,
4: if he can do this, he's like the 13th best quarterback in football right now. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I would imagine there's going to be some come down effect to a bit. I mean, but I didn't
3: see too many. It wasn't like I watched it like a, a Great Herbert game, for example, where it was like you're seeing these like amazing wow throws. Well, yeah, but so that's kind he, of my He point. physically
4: looks different than those guys to begin with. To me, he right. just doesn't seem to be that guy physically. But the way that they had him dialing up aggressive throws and he was making them. But like, well, he did know, it last let's...
7: week, too,
5: so it's not just one week. He hit a number of third-down throws into tight windows last week, and they threw the ball 37 times because they needed him to a week ago. The Bucks' defense has been a little better than solid. You're right, they're not a difference maker. They lost Vita Vea today to an injury. They lost Jamel Dean, their best cornerback, to an injury. So they already were banged up on defense, and those are two of their best players. But they haven't been pushed around like this. So I mean that, no. that's a that's a great sign for yeah. San Francisco with a, a manageable stretch run coming up, including a big Thursday night game this week against.
4: Well, the and we know we're not even like talking about San Francisco's defense, which is just like they had one point. They had allowed that's one touchdown to in 19 drives. And Demetco Ryans is going to be a head coach soon. And you got guys like Dre Greenlaw every week doing amazing things. It's like they are are a little banged up. They keep losing, guys. But uh, when I watched what they did today, it's like that's why I think they can win any playoff game.
3: Uh, Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan before we move on. On Brock Purdy, who, again, uh, 200 and whatever overall pick, seventh round, um, parents crying in the stands, watching the game. (laughs) Really nice moment uh, there. Here's Shanahan on his QB.
4: We always have the full game plan.
3: Full game plan's the game plan.
7: Was everything available to
4: him? Yes, I mean, definitely. I mean, it was the week before, too. And um, with Brock's skill set and what he does, I mean, we don't have a ton of design quarterback runs and stuff, but um, maybe we need to. He moved pretty well today. You, you know Shanahan's like, feeling it. He and loves you know what? It. Shanahan yeah. falls in love with these quarterbacks. He just falls so hard for these guys.
3: Yeah, and he and this is all
4: this all comes off remarkably
3: good for Shanahan, who's obviously um, has a great reputation, but to be able to keep this season afloat and not just afloat, but the offense thriving on his third quarterback speaks to what he's built with, of course, John Lynch and the rest of the organization. All right. So there you go. Those are two big games to get things going. Let's take a break and then we will continue on week
0: 14. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring,
3: Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like You see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going to guard. And then on I'm top not of
6: it, like that, see that.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying, <laughs>
2: crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. At the night. He's, he's going to withdraw us
0: about winning. Remember what you I know? told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't admit it. Yeah. Ain't <laughs> it? <laughs>
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox. But a feeling like... (sighs)
3: all right we are back the buffalo bills last week they sat and watched from home as they went from the five seed to the one seed in the afc they have destiny in their hands now they just got to take care of business and they did that today in western new york against my jets
6: they're still in shotgun josh's takes the snap and john then he gives it to no josh keeps it himself and he drives forward and he is in touchdown buffalo Josh Allen faked the handoff and ran forward for the five-yard touchdown run.
3: Where do we stand on uh, announcers calling players by their first name?
4: Like, oh, Josh Hey, oh, Josh has it. It's probably a little, like, homerish, but I for some of these announcing crews, I... I'm not, I'm not taking shots. I don't yeah. love it. Some
5: names just ask for it. Like, Tiki Barber was always just Tiki. That's or a little different, different. But that's Tua. different. Kobe, I'd, Tua, I'd rather you know. use Tua if I had the choice. Well, not, that
3: for multiple reasons. Yeah. I
5: think I'm skeptical like you, or else you wouldn't have
3: asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's overly friendly. Um, John Murphy and Eric Wood with the call. W-G-R. Slick, cold, rain, snow conditions um in buffalo and the new york and the buffalo bills took care of business by leaning on a defense that was without as we know Von Miller for the rest of the season now after that exploratory surgery led to an ACL repair but they didn't look like a team that was missing Von Miller against the jets uh getting after Mike White uh beating up Mike White sending Mike White to the hospital in an ambulance mm. after the game as a precaution uh and it was that Bills pass rush that allowed them to take a 20 to 12 win. And, uh, so not a dominant effort by Buffalo's offense. In fact, I believe they finished under 300 yards, which I don't know if that has happened, uh, this season. So that jet defense, which has been good all year, although they lost Quinn and Williams to a calf injury today. And we're going to see if he's going to miss extended time. That would be a killer for them. They've had their fair share of injuries this year. Um, but Buffalo, uh, Despite not having the offense, this proved again to me, boys, that yes, they are a complete team and their ability to to get after the quarterback led by Ed Oliver, Matt Milano, that front seven did their job and that's why they won this game.
4: Shaq Lawson too. I mean, that was, that was my takeaway as well is that the Von Miller injury to me kind of separated what I thought they could achieve. And now it's like if you can do this, because when I was watching this, it seemed like they just dominated New York's offensive line. And made life so tough on Mike White, who is one of the tougher dudes. He he did not want to go out. I, mean, I can see why they why the Jets players love Mike White, and I do wonder what will happen with him going forward. I mean, is he going to be healthy enough? to play next week, you think?
3: Yeah, I I mean, the fact that he was knocked out of the game twice by just wicked shots, including the second by Milano, uh, where Tony Romo, calling the game for CBS, was just open oh, as a guy who was a quarterback who's had this happen to him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's he's not coming back. He's got broken ribs. Right. And, and yet he does go back mm. to the locker room, and he does come back. And I've said this with other, in other situations, the charges with Herbert earlier in the season when he had his own rib issue. I didn't think Mike White should have been back in that game uh, because he couldn't protect himself, and you could see that for the rest of the game. Even when they weren't big shots, every time he went down, you could hear. It. You couldn't necessarily hear him, but you could see in the replays that he would like scream out in pain or, or just the wincing. And it was just a, it was a tough watch, um, but also easy to respect a guy that was hanging in the pocket. But uh, yeah, the Jets are a team now that have lost four of six quietly, and we could keep saying they they hang tough against these teams. But you got to. What happened with the Jets is once you blow those two Patriots games. They got to go find a Mm, win now to make up for that. And they should have beat the Vikings last week and they let Minnesota off the hook. This game was more like there were opportunities, but I just credit the Bills. Their Bills are a better team further along in their development. And I think that's what you saw here. Well,
4: the the Flacco fumble, uh, the Michael Carter. I can't see Flacco on the field again.
3: No. And what someone's got to explain to me, I understand the Zach Wilson drama of it all, but why is Zach Wilson inactive? Like, Is there more to this story we don't Flacco's know? Flacco's better. I don't need to. Go watch Joe Flacco every time the pass rushes on him, and he, every time he gets hit, and he gets hit almost every time he drops back to pass, it's a fumble. I, I
4: literally think he got to go. They're protecting, I think, Zach Wilson's like fragile psychology right now. That's I really a, do. That's, <laughs>
3: that's a damning indictment if he's not the backup quarterback uh, next week. I, I don't know. We'll see about White, and it's all going to depend on uh, how he feels in the morning and what comes back from this. But, uh, yeah, uh, the the Jets, to their credit, they did hang in this game. They got a block punt uh, to get it within one score. They marched down into Bills' territory with a chance to really make things interesting before a Michael Carter fumble. But, again, credit to the Bills and their defense. Uh, The offense is a little up and down for the Bills right now, and that's just something that's been the
4: case for a while. I mean, Josh Allen's been like essentially sort of average for about four weeks in a row. Well, the, w- the weather is crazy in this game, right? So, you, yeah. so you keep that
5: in mind. But 232 yards, you know, getting out gained by the Jets by 70 yards is surprising. But also, I think if you're Sean McDermott, McDerm- Berm- rather, uh, probably very satisfying because he's a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. You lose Von Miller. You lose Micah Hyde. Two of their three, I would say, most valuable players on their defense, a- along with Milano, uh, who's playing out of his mind. And you still get all this pressure with Rousseau is having a great season. Tredavious White's now back and in, in the mix. Poyer's having a nice season. You're getting pass rush with Ed Oliver. I, w- I was going to ask you, Dan, which defense do you think is better here? Jets or Bills?
3: I, I, I think it's pretty close. I think. Yeah. They, I mean, they both played really well. The the Jets have now scored only two touchdowns in the last two weeks, so they, they're having some issues right now with White. But if he's healthy, there's no controversy. I think he's still going to be the guy for them. Here's, it has to be. Here's a stat, by the way. Um, the Mike White was pressured on forty six point seven percent of dropbacks with just four rushers. So the Bills did their wow. job. And the Jets have to figure out some things on offense here because they they were not competitive on offense for stretches of this game because they could not protect the quarterback. They could not pass protect. And the running game has not been the same. I know Bam Knight has been very good for them the last few weeks. But it's never really recovered from Brees Hall, so they gotta they just gotta find some ways to get out of this. They gotta beat the Lions next week, just like we said. The Lions had to win today, and they did. I think the Jets have to beat the Lions at the Meadowlands next week.
4: And I'd say after that, the Jaguars are becoming spicier by the hour. And then you've got Seattle. You're at Seattle and at Miami if you're the Jets to close the season. That is a rugged little slate. They gotta
3: win three or four, and uh, that's just the way it is. I-, I think you know, with the Chargers and the Patriots behind them, that's not. A fearsome duo there, but you got to start winning again. So the Bills get it done. Up next, let's move on. Got to move on. And I will move on to the other New York York team uh, from the Meadowlands area, northern New Jersey, technically. They welcomed in the best team in football, and it went as you might expect. Sanders stays in this time. He breaks away at the 35-30, 25-20, 15.
6: Driscoll gets a great block. And when Miles Sanders gets to the outside, it's just a foot race. And he outruns the entire Giants defense to the pylon and into the end zone.
3: Ooh, listen to that crowd at the Meadowlands. Oh, they were, they were booing from uh, start to finish. Wow. Reality has set in. Merrill Reese and Mike Quick from WIP. Uh, yes, my it was another big game on the ground for the Eagles, who just blow teams away uh, Miles Sanders ran for 144 and touchdowns of three in that 40-yard score. He's over 1,000 yards rushing. And then Jalen Hurts, who's been the best football uh, quarterback in football this year, he threw two more touchdowns, ran for another, and the Eagles romp, Mark. 48-22 over those fading G-men, who have one win in
4: six weeks. Oof. Yeah, the G-men uh, at one point were a pet team of mine. I found it enjoyable just to watch good Giants football, well coached. Your pet teams aren't doing too well, this uh, they year. are not. It's like the <laughs> they <are> not. pet <laughs> cemetery over there. It is very close to that. Well pet I don't I also well when said. I adopt a pet team <laughs> In this season, particularly, yeah. I don't have to stick with them forever. No, so. so, I'm with you on that. Uh, for it, those
3: teams' sake, it's better that you get <laughs> off as quickly as possible. I do
4: <laughs> seem to have an ill effect on them. I would agree with you, but this was an enjoyable <laughs> game to watch, um, just for the nature of Philadelphia's utterly explosive, unstoppable offense. I mean, they do. We've talked about this. They do it differently every week, and today they came out and I think made it so clear the difference between the Eagles and the Giants. And I don't care about the records or anything. It's just like... They Jalen Hurts is playing beautiful football right now, and their offense is so well-coordinated. Opening touchdown drive of 12 plays, 91 yards, 5-plus minutes. The second drive, 14, 84 yards, 8-plus minutes. And they were unstoppable, running for huge chunks of yardage at a time. Deep passes unfurled beautifully. Then the Giants down 14-0. I thought, you know, sometimes I'll say, like, game over, and it's not always in the fourth quarter that that happens. They botched a punt. And the Eagles picked it up at the Giants 33 and essentially next play laser to A.J. Brown. It's 21 nothing, and there is no there bye is bye. no shred of evidence bye bye. that they the gone. Giants who are not. Yeah, they're not. The Giants do not come from behind 21 nothing against anyone in this league. And Saquon Barkley has not been Saquon Barkley for weeks on end now. Uh, Daniel Jones is in a tough spot in this situation. They are kind of an empty cupboard when it comes to weapons, and that's how you get absolutely your doors blown off at home. And you're right, that crowd was dismayed and agitated. Well, this game
3: is over the second you heard you know, the Saquon Barkley neck injury that popped up late in the week, and then the report before the game that tru- proved to be true that he was only going to be limited in the game plan. It's like, oh, if, he, if Saquon right. Barkley is limited in this game plan, why even? Why even show up to play? And you know what? The Giants didn't really show up to they play. Did. So
5: well that fourth and seven, where the Eagles decide to go for it, and Devonta Smith makes a, a terrific touchdown catch. That's the beginning of the second quarter to go up fourteen nothing. It's just the type of de- decisions that, like, no matter what Nick Sirianni does, what whatever they call on offense or on defense, it's like it works. Because it's a great scheme that's versatile, but their players are just awesome. That was just Devonta Smith, who you think of as this, you know, slim guy. Is he the Slim Reaper? There's a lot of Slim Reapers out there, but he's physical too, and he can be
4: tough at the catch point. And that was a great example. I mean, also like what would be concerning for New York in general. There's a lot of concerning things for New York. It's like they were just their offensive line at both tackle spots, Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, dominated by the Eagles. Like they can do everything well. And they can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and made life tough for Daniel Jones.
3: Yeah, they're, it's the Giants and the Vikings are the two NFC teams that there were a lot of outside doubters. And, and the Giants, you know, I wonder how many wins they have left in them, to be honest with you. And and well, I think we'll know a lot about that team by next week. They have Washington. I think the winner of that game probably gets that final seat in the NFC. But I, I think the Commanders are a better team at this stage uh, especially if Barkley is going to be limited. But
4: well, they are loving the Giants of what happened to the Seattle Seahawks today as well. The Giants, so need that spoiler,
5: uh, the Giants had last beat a team that was not the Houston Texans on October 23rd. I mean, I was like, and that, that was the Jaguars by six but, I mean, I was a different man back then. I was just like, I don't even, I was young. How I was so? I remember free that. and okay. just a totally different mindset. It was ages Do You feel weighed down by the world now? It's like the winter has come and, yes, many more responsibilities.
3: Uh, And there is, you know, the early portion of the Giants season, all those great shots of uh, head coach Brian Dable heading towards midfield, waving to people in the stands and hugging players. It, It feels fitting that on the third possession for the Giants that the Jamie Gillen uh, punt where it slipped out of oh, his hand a and it bounced, and then yeah. he kicked it, and that the next play is a, a touchdown to AJ Brown, who was wide open. Brown, by the way, over a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. The Eagles are the best team in football.
5: Yeah, I wasn't sure how I felt about you uh, making the Eagles uh, number one in the Power Rankings. You know, oh, that's really? just the responsibility that you have. In, in such a high position um to you know face doubts like myself just cuz i think like i was thinking yeah, maybe the chiefs are still just a better team but
3: you have a bigger problem greggy i yeah. know you like you I love more than most I,
5: th- I think this made you look good that's what i'm saying oh thank you very much
3: M- more than most people in this industry you put a lot into your uh, preseason predictions and oh, wanting yeah. to get them right <laughs> After uh, Mahomes had some turnover issues today and Hurts did it again, I think Hurts is in the driver's seat for MVP right now.
5: Fair, but mm. that's a month left of the season, and people get carried away making bold statements. A, a, month, is, a month is a lot. But I'm glad you brought up preseason predictions because I did have the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm time. feeling good. You good about I have that. them losing the Super Bowl. Okay, that you should feel good about that, too. All right,
3: pinch yourselves. All right, <laughs> let's move on to Big D, where I don't even know what I picked. I, I'll have to check. I'm going to check while I listen to this highlight of the, Green the Bay Packers. Right, If your pick was as good as the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, you'd you remember. find such a thing on our website? I'll find it Remember for like you. the 10 years of work we did on the website and then yeah. they redesigned it and wiped out our bylines and our entire <laughs> career was wiped away? Like a, literally
4: like a fourth of our lives. And nobody even gave a second thought no. in the building about it? No, not that. Doesn't that doesn't bother they, me at all. They gave it a thought that they would do it.
3: <laughs> oh, we're doing the podcast still. All right, let's go. <laughs> to throw, pressure's coming. They flush him out. I mean, that's Standing annoying.
4: Standing and looking.
3: Nobody Lawrence cares. Lawrence chases. He throws it into the end zone. Why would you And can? the ball is intercepted by Diggs
7: in the end zone.
3: And my apologies to Davis Mills. He just tossed that thing about 67 yards in the
0: air, and it gave his guys a chance. But the only players around that football were Dallas Cowboys. Hmm.
8: What? <laughs> no. it, was, it was a crazy game. This was the no. craziest game of the
4: of the day. No. Was Mark game. was no. loving this out. game. It was enjoyable.
3: Mark was arbiter this- of bongos here. Please, uh, I'm shutting it down. You get bongos when you have a big moment where you step up as a team and deliver a big time victory.
4: Well, I just, mm. I would say that we, I'm looking at the rest of the games we're about to cover. I, there's a, maybe this week to some tel- territory of okay.
3: bongos. Oh, yeah. maybe that's what—that's where we're at right now. I'm sorry, I hate to be this guy right now.
5: I gotta say though, I mark. Give to, I can't give him the bongos. Over in the corner of the newsroom this morning was acting like a kid listening to bongos. He was just like,
4: <laughs> "Oh wow, this game is well, crazy." He yeah. was loving it. He was on loving the, it on our Friday fun show. that's buncho. totally different
3: conversation.
4: Sure, but I, I can see where Greg is coming from because there was enthusiasm. But I had predicted something along the line of the Texans beating the Cowboys. So as that was becoming oh. a distinct possibility, uh. that was raising my blood pressure just right. a tad. Upon further review, the ruling on the podcast stands,
3: Bongo's denied. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Fair enough. And also, Dak Prescott leading the 98-yard drive. That's a better highlight. Let's just start the show over. That because the Zeke Elliott short touchdown run with 41 seconds to play, that's what this game will be remembered for. Not the Hail Mary at the end, and that's why the Cowboys won 27 to 23. Mark, not a great showing by the Cowboys, but they got it done.
4: They did, and I think that that you know Jerry Jones came out of the game saying like, look, I don't really care about the rest of this. It's a long season. That drive at the end is all I care about. No, Dak Prescott's all I care about, and that's fine. I mean you can just maybe say that kind of does work because their offense was off kilter. Most of the day, the reason I think this happened, and they didn't get out, I thought they, I thought that the Texans coming out spicy would soon be vanquished and taken over, but it's never really, it never really happened. And I think they threw Dallas off with a couple of different things. Number one, Devontae Turpin lost the punt return early, that gave the Texans the ball at the Dallas 24. They punched in a touchdown. Dak Prescott threw an, an, an interception in this that led to other points, and so suddenly the Texans, who had struggled to score, seven or 10 points in a game, had this early advantage, and they were running this offense with Davis Mills, who was, you know, named the starter again this week after that whole Kyle Allen business. Um, but they were using Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. and they were. I, I you actually, don't see that a lot anymore. No, it's like this whole platoon thing happens like once or twice a year. And I was trying to watch this and watch another game at the same time. I'm like, wait a minute. Did someone get hurt? I'm spending <laughs> half the time <laughs> searching on Twitter to see what happened to Davis Mills. But then you start to realize what they're doing is just Jeff Driscoll. He can run the ball, and they were using him like, like every single time he was in there initially over the first couple of drives. It's like, oh, we're running it. We're gonna tell you we're running it. We don't really care if you think that's fun or not. And like fi- finally, he'd start to spray the ball the around a little Jeff bit. Driscoll. I mean, he's kind of he's, he's good, like though. a better.
5: Well, he's slightly more athletic, Taysom Hill. Maybe not uh, a better yeah, player, but he's pretty but athletic, he's, he's, Taysom Hill, right? Yeah, but Jeff, Jeff Driscoll is like kind of an incredible so athlete. So, why is he played well. Right. <laughs> well, I <Well>, mean, <he's,
4: laughs> he literally
7: played tight
3: Hill for the Bengals.
4: <laughs> yeah. But it was, th- this was one of the
5: strangest. greatest athlete I've ever seen. <laughs> well, wait, was like, no. let's have him
4: third on the depth chart. <laughs> you
3: for know the what? Texans. I can tell that, but he's
5: not a great quarterback. <laughs> Jerry Jones, after this game, said both of the quarterbacks for the Texans. Looked like Brett Favre out there. I well, was they like, did I mean, not, that's laid it on a little thick. That
4: they both looked like a little Brett thick. Favre. Like, <laughs> I don't think either looked like What's Brett Favre. But Davis Mills, I'd say, was one of, his, one of his better games. Like he, he made some throws. Good, but so you just a good team yeah. escapes out of this, and that's all I take from it for the most part. And that's and that's that drive
3: was important. And I don't know about the the play calling at the end. And Damian Pierce, I guess, went out with an injury. So In have, and out, right? You have Rex Burkhead uh, taking snaps at the goal line. They have a chance to win this game, Houston, inside their five yard line with three minutes to play, uh, up three points, and uh, they go for it on fourth down. Lovey Smith, I like it. I like the call, but you cannot. And I don't even know who the quarterback was on this at this point, Mark. You could tell me. It was Driscoll. Driscoll. You, you can't have a busted play in that spot. No. He, he oh, looked, my God. He looked a fourth like,
4: and goal from the two? That's where I think, like, whatever they oh. planned to do this week, that's where it started to create faults. You because knew was he over there. Right. He looked disorganized. Yeah. But that, that came after Dak threw an interception from his own end zone. It was that Dallas defense stopping Houston at the goal line stand that set up that final drive. And it's like the better parts of this team stood up in just, just in the nick of time.
5: It, Look, it keeps Dallas in the NFC South race. I mean, the NFC East race,
3: which is important. And why don't we just put Dallas in the NFC South so we could have a real team right, coming out of that, that, that
4: division? That would be like nice. That. And they are in the South. They should be in the South, anyways. Look, they GC, us.
3: good call.
5: Fair point. Let's uh, let's we should go it out up. on that. N- That's a great way to end the show. NBC <laughs> would be not uh, would be very unhappy <laughs> to get the Cowboys out of that division. NFC East, Dallas Cowboys. They, Makes no sense. And they got that drive at the Jesus end. Jesus of- Christ. Like That feels good, but uh, now I'm a little concerned that Dak Prescott hasn't looked good for two straight weeks. I would say he, he did not play well in that Colts game on balance. Uh, overall, that was a game where I think Dak and the secondary s- receivers were struggling. And then in this game, to ha- yeah, have I, a couple picks just, and struggle. And for the defense to struggle against an offense whose number two, number one receiver was Chris Moore. Their number two receiver was Amari Rodgers, who just got cut by the Packers. Number three is Philip Dorsett. Like, what's going on here? I
4: feel like Dak Prescott is forcing throws hmm. a couple times in games. And, you know, then he'll go have that final drive where he made three or four unbelievable connections with his targets. So... I don't know. I mean, I the decks I think Dak can be fine, but it's always going to be the talking point if he makes any mistake at all.
3: Um, before we take a break, the rules of bongo, just so we're clear, going for because you know Justin, I everything you do, I love and applaud you. You're a great Oh, producer. literally everything. So wow, when thanks. there's a okay. when there's a miscommunication, that's on me as much as it is on you. Um, the rule of bongo, going further, uh, going forward, and this is going to be written in stone tablet has to be like a a season saving win or a season defining win it has to be a win against a quality opponent or maybe a bad team just getting a win in general but mm-hmm. when you have an NFC powerhouse beating a one-win team <laughs> that doesn't pass the rule of buck when you when you break it down yeah. that
4: way it starts to make i start to see where you're coming <laughs> I, from with I the whole thing i kind of thought it was just like <laughs> the craziest game of the day that's
5: so that's, that's, that's how before I interpreted you saw the idiot. tablet See, yeah, I. I, tablet I mean, who, who, who writes on these tablets? Uh, you know, this is the still my, Zeus? Zeus? Yeah. This the still my first. This is still my first season
8: as the full time producer, so I'm still like getting <laughs> okay. the hang it of it. It takes time, you know. It well, takes it's December, so. <laughs> Please accept my apologies. For it's, it.
3: It. it's no need to apologize, but I do like maybe another nickname coming into focus mm. right here the God of Bongo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat.
3: Battle of Ohio let's just again Gravedigger bringing in um, the rules of bongo engagement so we haven't used our bongo yet right it as the producer it's on you to decide now whether there is a game worthy of the bongos uh, but we can't we can't make the same mistake twice in the same show so you got to make sure you get this one right or just keep in your back pocket and I know the fans are going to be disappointed because they've come to expect bongos but that's you know Heavy he who wears the crown back there behind the glass.
8: All right. Not every show needs a bongo, hmm. but most of them probably do.
3: Just play this the right way. <laughs> okay. This is a big test for you. This Lots is the of nec- pressure. This is the next big test for you well, as I, a producer. Can I, I'll just say, if yes. he
4: dials one up um, prior to Sunday Night Football, I would suggest that Justin's made a tremendous error. Whoa. But, but let's see if he Whoa. defies my... Well, I'm not saying you, I'm saying if you do that, not that you're prone there to
5: is that. One. He just game. told you what to do so that, you know, right. you now know
3: you color anymore. your opinion. You got to trust your own gut on this.
5: There is one
8: game that matches all the criteria you laid out, but it would hurt my soul. So we'll see what happens.
4: Hmm? Oh, a few oh, I know a few where he's going, going with that and he's coming closer than no. any of the others.
3: It wasn't, games. it's not behind much of a veil. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go.
5: Old Sherlock Holmes over here. Earl <laughs> catches a high you Now it's a flea flicker. <laughs>
7: got He's going
6: to throw it deep. Got him. He's got a man open. Ooh. Over the shoulder catch. Sucking safeties. Irwin at the six. Our guy. Touchdown. Crikey. Bengals. The flea flicker executed to perfection. <laughs> Joey Franchise launched it perfectly down the middle of the field for the touchdown strike to
7: Trenton Irwin.
4: Crikey. I love Trenton Irwin. You see the joy in his face there? Just the former the old cheesy smile. Former child actor who gave up acting for football. You could see that. Yeah. That's interesting. He's theatrical in a good way. Good nug, Mark.
3: Not a great day offensively for the Bengals, but it was not going to be easy because they continue to have issues injury-wise with their wide receivers. Ty Boyd dislocated his finger on the first series of the game. Out. T. Higgins aggravates a hamstring. Uh, he leaves the game. But Joe Joe Burrow finds a way, as he always does. And that touchdown was a big one for the Bengals in a 23-10 win over the Browns, ending a five-game losing streak for Cincinnati against Cleveland. Four of those with Burrow involved. Burrow said it was a team win, team ugly win, but we got it done. We could, yeah. And the Cincinnati defense did their job as well. They shut shut down Nick Chubb picked off Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, stopped the Browns on fourth down three separate times, and just kept the the train rolling here. They remain tied with the Ravens atop the AFC North, but there is no question to me who the best team in this division is.
5: There isn't, and this is another example, I think, of what Joe Burrow said three weeks ago where he said this is the type of game that great teams win when they won in Tennessee in that tough game. To lose their two of their top three receivers in the first drive, and now your number two and three receivers are the fighting Trents, Trent Irwin and Trent Taylor, and to find a way out of here... You don't
3: want too many Trents in your wide receiver room. No,
5: two is enough. In a win where it seemed like the two teams were moving the ball in a similar way, and yet... The Bengals were the ones that ended up finding the big plays and making the big stops and just kind of survive in advance in a matchup where they had lost five in a row. It was a big step for Zach Taylor to get a win over Kevin Stefanski. For whatever reason, this matchup doesn't seem to favor them, uh, especially their defense, and that was not the case today, only giving up 10 Yeah, points. divisional
4: football is strange because like their only loss – after October 9th, the Bengals, was that aberration destruction by Cleveland on Monday Night Football, which just stands out as one of the weirder games of the year. But they do match up well with Cincinnati. And they, I, they gave them a fight today. But the Browns also, I think, are dealing with a level of disorganization post Jacoby Brissett trying to shift to Deshaun Watson, who still hmm. just does not look comfortable to me out there. I think it's affecting their ground game to some degree. Uh, I don't love their, their cast of wideouts to begin with. But Watson did not look as disjointed as a week ago but he does not seem comfortable to me and I don't I think it's like there's you need more time to get used to him if you're the rest of the team too.
3: Yeah, I, he was better than he was last week but that's not saying much and I think Cooper has proven himself to be a very good wide receiver in this offense so they do have Cooper. Injoku. I think and Joku and Watson once Watson, you know, assuming he does get back to the level of play before his suspension and everything that happened. I think they can have, you know, a Pro Bowl type pairing the two of them. So th- I don't think they're too far away on offense. They got to fortify the line and maybe add another wide receiver. Um, but in this game. I mean, game, they've, they've scored like one touchdown in two weeks, so
4: though. I just think they've, they've not. They've, right. They, mean, were, they were a good offense but I think for us. Uh,
3: I, I know there's obviously an inclination to root against Watson, and I understand that, but I'm just talking from a, a pure. Football side of things, this is going to take time. I mean, that his touchdown pass he threw to Njoko was his first touchdown pass in 707 days. So I think Cleveland, which is now out of the mix here with their eighth loss uh, from a playoff standpoint, most likely. I mean, I guess if we're talking about a 9-8 and eight team can get in, uh, perhaps they could reel off four straight wins. But this is just... This does give them – I know you had said it, Mark. uh, Maybe it was in a conversation with Chris Rose last week. You're like, maybe it would have been better just if Watson didn't play at all this year and then have a fresh start next year. Well, maybe this is the best thing for the Browns. now. Now you have this, like, runway to the end of the season to try to get some – comfort back to this offense because right now it's very wonky and Cincinnati's defense took advantage of that.
4: Well, yeah, because I think that last week what I said too was it's probably better that they aren't really on the fringe of the playoff race and having to try to work this thing out too. You've given everything up for this quarterback. I don't have to like the decision. No one does. But, but why tre- not treat him like a young quarterback that's learning to basically play again and just ride him out for the rest of the year? Right. There's no reason to start anyone else. They
5: would have been on the fringes of the playoff race if they won this game, uh, but they didn't. And they, they had a chance there where that the driving down 2010, like, in the fourth quarter, and that's where he throws his interception. I just love that the Bengals can win games in different types of ways, including, mm-hmm. They've including showed us with that. their defense. They are an awesome team right now, nine out of their last 11. That's why I'm happy me and the West Bros locked up the boys. That's from a good Cincinnati. one. Mm.
3: Listen, you, got, you have the lock title in your back pocket. I should just give you the trophy now. Oh, no, don't. I should. Don't use this reverse psychology Greg, you're that's, not susceptible to reverse race. psychology.
4: I think, Dan, you're just acknowledging – that you conceded defeat. It's a GD boat race, yeah, and bro. I'm getting my butt kicked, so it's like I'm happy. I mean, if, to, if the, it means that the we just
5: stop the segment and you stop picking Never. games, I'll take that. You
3: know, if you just give well, the segment really we'll stop when I am no longer on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one other thing, the, Jake Brisket did come show up in this game. They and did a, that last week pivo- too. Yeah, pivotal moment, fourth and one down deep in Cincinnati territory, and everyone said, "Oh, he's going to sneak it with a big body." He drops back to pass, and he airmails one into the corner of the end zone. Uh, turnover on downs. That was a big play in the game. And also, uh, the Samadji –
4: What are we doing with that?
3: I don't know. The P. Ryan touchdown where he bounced out and Clowney and then some other Cleveland players kind of quit on the play, and they weren't aggressive enough. Add in nine penalties for 98 yards, the Browns are kind of a mess. All right. Let's move on. Let's keep moving. The rules of the engagement. This up going deep I mean, was almost, inside the uh,
7: numbers of the ten, and it is intercepted. Pretty the game here. Marcus this is a crossroads with the show for great Marcus Williams back in the lineup after coming off of injured reserve with a broken wrist, and instead he breaks the spirit Is that a the reference to Mike Vrabel's crossroads coming? And they are getting disgruntled again in <laughs> Pittsburgh.
3: Brabel well, did say it. No. Now they've got a bongos it. I think you're at a crossroads. This could have been a
4: bongos game here.
3: Ravens, I like this Steelers. choice, though. I like this choice. This one's good. What, Jerry a- Sandusky. Anthony Brown
4: versus Mitch Trubisky gets the bongos, Greg? What are we doing do? with all this?
3: W-B-A-L. <laughs> the Ravens are beat up. By the end of the game on Sunday, they were on their third quarterback. But they find a way in Pittsburgh. to and it was their running game led by J.K. Dobbins, 120 yards and a touchdown in his first game since undergoing a second knee surgery in two years. Greggy, uh, the Ravens aren't a fun team really to watch. They haven't really been fun since September to watch, but I got to give them some credit for finding a way Pittsburgh was feeling good about itself, and they brought them down to earth.
5: This is a classic Ravens win. I think John Harbaugh is going to love this win. I think it shows that this team is different than they were a year ago. It's like a an organizational, that's organizational a type of win. Sixty years old. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it, it, he has been there a long time, so you got to win fast. They're on their third-string quarterback <laughs> early in the second half. That's yeah. when Huntley. What happened, by the way? Tyler Huntley took a massive hit from Minka Fitzpatrick up at around his chest, but that's not where he got injured. And then he got kind of caught underneath and. Uh, I think that was the injury that actually put him out. Was it a concussion protocol or was it an ankle? I think it was his ankle injury that actually knocked him out. But it was about the seventh or eighth time Huntley took a massive hit in that Mm. game. And throughout it, I was just thinking he is not going to last. He was taking hits as a runner. He got 31 yards on the ground. He was taking hits uh, as a passer, only threw the ball 12 times. And it almost felt like it was a matter of time. And that's exactly what happened. So for them to win because of their defense, because Calais Campbell is having a monster season because Patrick Queen and uh, Roquan Smith both had interceptions. Queens was incredible, and they were both making plays uh, behind the line of scrimmage in the run game. And then in the secondary, Marcus Williams with that interception, two of Trubisky. You know, to get a win running the ball 215 yards in and, and defense like that, I think it's going to be very satisfying and crucial for them. I think making the playoffs, clearly they're going to make it now and staying in the AFC North Hunt.
4: And, and Ian Rappaport announced that it was a concussion for Huntley that he will be out in a short week next game as well. So the Ravens, wow. man, two years in a row, have been dealt rough cards the quarterback So position. they're on Saturday, right?
3: There are three Saturday games next week, week 15.
5: All on NFL Network. They yes. have the Browns on Saturday afternoons. That's that's a tricky game with your third-string quarterback oh, if yeah. that's what it's going to be because we heard a report that Lamar Jackson was trending uh, towards having two weeks off. Uh, with this injury, I guess Adam it, Schefter reported know.
3: that Christmas Eve is the targeted date for his return, which mm. would be the week after next. That
5: mm-hmm. makes this game even bigger that they won it. And I, was, this I was, one. I was surprised because the Steelers, who have been running the ball so well lately, could not run it against Baltimore, who is a really good run defense because of Clayus Campbell uh, and others, and that the Ravens were able
4: to run all over them in key spots. You cannot just put this on Mitch Trubisky. Well, I know, you all, but Trubisky threw a couple bad interceptions in this as well, and it's it is what it is. But that you know, Kenny. Pickett, that's his second concussion of the year, too. Mm. Some of these guys, at some point, it's like you get a third, you're just going to get shut down.
5: He had a weird thing where he passed the concussion test, came back into the game for a a series, didn't get hit again. I went back and checked that. I made a mistake thinking he got hit. He didn't get touched again, but then he left the game for good afterwards, which is worrisome.
3: Yep, two concussions in less than two months before the rookie Hmm. from Pittsburgh.
5: All right. Trubisky threw the ball really well today. I know that sounds weird because he had three interceptions, but there were a lot of throws in this game that you were like, oh, where have these throws been in this offense? Like five or six total dimes, uh, but he got confused on the first interception. The second one's similar, but Queen made a great play and then he just, sometimes he just decides before the play starts, I'm just going to take a shot on this play no matter what I see and he took a shot and Marcus Williams made him play pay, but like I said, in the fourth quarter, two different drives where the Ravens, with their third string quarterback, eight minute drive to get a field goal, and then at the end of the game, the Steelers could have gotten the ball back if they had stopped him and they just run three straight times
3: right through him. Pathetic and Justin Tucker by the way is having another incredible season. He finished with 10 points. He's up to 1473 points in his career, breaking the franchise scoring record held bo- held by former kicker former Cleveland Browns kicker turned into a Raven by Phil Dawson. Dawson.
4: No, it's uh he was on the Browns in 94 and they went to the Ravens Matt the Barr? next year. No, it's not Matt Barr. it's
2: Matt Stover. Matt Stover, Matt Stover.
4: <laughs> Come on, Marky, I need you on that. I need you on that wall there. I was literally like staring through the window you know here what? at our studio. I don't. I
3: hate to say this, but this is now for the rest of this episode a crossroads moment for you as well.
4: well what's going to happen if I don't pass your test?
5: I don't know. That's why it's a crossroads. Yeah, this is how it
4: works. I'm going to be facing a crossroads moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is you know, <laughs> coming along. All right,
3: let's. I move. guess I should
4: feel more urgency on that front then. <laughs> yeah, that's a good drop. All right, go ahead. <laughs>
7: Shotgun for Trevor Lawrence. It's a blitz. I mean, it is an all-out blitz. Trevor fires left side. That ball is going to be Uh-oh. caught
6: for the touchdown by Evan Ingram in the left Uh-oh. corner of the end zone. Are you kidding me? The kept have extended, extended Ingram.
7: the lead. kind of
5: want those bongos. Give them Uh-oh. to me. But just nothing.
7: Oh. Right. Well,
4: he's downtrodden. I don't know. You wanted them there. I think he should. That should have been fun,
3: <laughs> I think he knows no. it. And then he's banking on the Sunday night game that we don't know how it's going to. But you,
4: you've already told him that it's maybe the, the most wise move to not use them at all if it doesn't actually match.
3: I think the Jaguars.
5: No. I think they deserve You also don't want someone that's, you know, too afraid
3: to go for it. You know. That's how you end up being inactive while Joe Flacco is fumbling in the pocket. You don't want to be Mitch Trubisky, but you don't want to be Davis Mills. You know what I mean? Frank Frangie with the call. WOKV. Trevor Lawrence, for the second time in three weeks, is waving his arms frantically, screaming, I am the future! 368 yards, career high, three touchdowns. He also ran for a score. and The Jaguars ran the Titans out of the building. 36-22, their first win in Nashville in a decade. And, uh, man, i will bring in Grave digger on this one. Um, you know, the Jags, like we've been saying on this podcast, are coming along, and the quarterback is coming along and becoming a real difference maker. Uh, but the fact that this game gets away from Tennessee, Justin, um, with Derrick Henry going off for 90 yards in the first quarter and 120 by the half, this was a sign of major distress for this team that I feel – way worse about what happened this game than even the last two weeks. This feels like a real a team in desperate trouble now.
8: It's a weird spot because this is now, well, it's two Titans games in a row that were over in early in the fourth quarter. Basically, no chance for the Titans to make a comeback. Derrick Henry, three yards in the second half. That's not going to cut it, basically, ever. And you wonder how much... Total? Three total rushing yards in the second half. You wonder how much firing your general manager in the middle of the season, like, I don't want to say that the Titans lost because of that, but there's got to be some weird vibes going around the building. And then this was also just a weird game. The Titans outgained the Jaguars 146 yards to 37 in the first quarter, and then completely just fell apart. They had four turnovers, three lost fumbles, which sometimes can be fluky. They had a chance to lose a fourth fumble on a muffed punt that got batted out of bounds. That was close. And they just looked completely discombobulated on both sides of the ball. They got stops early on. Then they had Ryan Tannehill was strip sacked by Trevon Walker, his first, like, good play in a, in a few weeks.
5: Oh, you don't, you don't need to take shots at Trevon Walker. Well,
8: it's more, people, at, people, <laughs> it's more of a shot at... Hurt people, hurt
5: people, Justin. It's <laughs> more of a shot at Titans
8: backup left tackle turned starter by Taylor LeJuan's Lay injury. The kid, Greg. Dennis Daly, who I jokingly called Dennis Snapply earlier this year because that's how often he gets beat, and...
4: <laughs> that is a wonderful <laughs> joke.
8: I think that... Um, the Titans are really struggling with injuries. The offensive line is really bad, and the Jaguars oh, are a good team that are coming along. And they had a How bad they week. Oh them the
5: Jaguars. The Jaguars. I mean, they did lose forty to
8: fourteen last yeah, week. Yeah, last Jaguars. week. Feeling themselves, danced a little <laughs> high mm-hmm. on their own supply on I'll the bet. preview show, and I think that was probably the case. But the Titans' offense is so poor, and it was funny cuz they they got the ball back after the jags went for it on a fourth down just across midfield down still by three touchdowns the titans and the uh, Andrew catalan goes could that be the spark the titans need to get back in this game I love and the very next play was this weird trick play where the idea was Tannehill was supposed to fake like the snap went over his head and it was mm. going to be a direct snap to Henry. That old gag. Henry, Classic Brady play. Henry yeah. dropped mm-hmm. the snap and the Jags dove on it and it was like, is this yeah. the spark the Titans need? No. Well, not at all. It, so
3: it, everything you're saying it, and and Vrabel pointedly after last Sunday's game, we played it twice on the show in fact, <laughs> and, and, and everyone's at a crossroads on, on the show except for Greg, but I feel like I could be coming soon. Um... <laughs> Like He purposely says, we're at a crossroads. We're going to find out something about our team because he feels confident that he will coach the team up and they will be ready to kick ass against the Jaguars at home. And the fact that they couldn't do that and the fact that they gave up 29 straight points in this game makes me think that Vrabel, as good as a coach as he is, is kind of lost at this point, too. And the team's just drifting. I'm with you.
4: I also think Vrabel calling into crossroads – Who knows his team better than Vrabel? I mean, he's seen that there are faults, there are issues. There is an absolutely dearth of talent at the skill position player in the passing game, and it's left Tannehill in a tough spot. They've been a real problem team on third down. I just look at the last... Three games and say you're the reverse Eagles because they find a way to win differently every week. The Titans were out physical by the Bengals. That was a bad sign. They got waxed by Philadelphia, and then you just let the youngsters in Jacksonville come up with their new quarterback and take you out. You're meant to be the team that like runs away with this t- poor division.
5: There was a, a it's concerning a key play mm. where who was it, McCreary, could have picked off Lawrence and instead, you know, it turns into a touchdown for Zay Jones getting his feet in. That's like a a seven-point swing right there. But you let Evan Ingram get 162 yards, you let Zay Jones get 77 and a touch. The the Titans, at one point, I looked at the list, I think they're missing seven defensive starters or potentially seven potential starters. Yeah, if you count Harold
8: Landry in that mix.
5: Right. Well, you should. He's like the highest-paid player on their team. They played all season
8: without him, but yeah.
5: I'm just saying that's... That's a lot of starters, and then the and to have that and a really bad offensive line, it's they're a team in crisis. And you're right, I think Vrabel kind of knew it. And uh, he said, you're going to find out a
3: lot. We did. He least, challenged his team, and yeah. is, that's how they responded.
5: Uh, it's
8: crazy because second week in a row, they've completely shut down the opponent running game, and it hasn't mattered at all. They're just letting whoever they play throw all over the yard. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's like
3: the dam that's breaking, and you stick your thumb in one hole, and then another one opens up. Where are – what's going on with uh, – the Mark and the Titans and what's going on right now. Because I saw you good. tweeted it's going absolutely something. absolutely
4: great.
8: Yeah, so I put out a tweet sometime <laughs> during the third quarter That's when nematary. it was
4: –
3: it
8: was 27-14 Jacksonville, and I said, ever since Mark Sessler joined the Titans bandwagon, I went through the list that we talked about on this show, right. Todd Downing got the DUI, they had an ugly loss Can't to really the Bengals. Mark. It's fault, something that happened since yes, Mark jumped okay, up. Okay.
4: Uh,
8: the ugly loss to the Bengals, including those horrible penalties at the end of the game that ended any chance of a comeback, the blowout <laughs> loss to the Eagles, their general manager was fired, and then they got blown out by the division rival Jacksonville, who they've owned for years. Jacksonville's first win in Tennessee since 2014 right, We're where? they're, they're so what's, what's the problem so what's going on so i put out a poll on twitter should we boot <laughs> Sessi off this train oh this was not my call this is titan's twitter
4: well it's a little a little aggro on your part have
8: but... spoken 76 percent of poll results say good riddance to mark Sessler. you got to find another <laughs> team i'm sorry it's not my call crossroads. i don't well, make these rules crossroads. what i
4: do feel though is that whatever team i pick that fan base is going to be feeling a lot of heat because it's like, this will be the fourth team in a row that I've jumped onto that has absolutely fallen off the side of a cliff. The kiss of death.
3: You, the Jets, We preemptively, we have to say thanks, but no thanks.
8: Well, I, it's my choice. I think the Lions are lucky that Mark was so hesitant to jump on that bandwagon.
5: We've now... That's uh, fair. Yeah, We've reached the point where we can no longer confidently say like the Titans are definitely winning this division. Haven't we gotten there? Yeah. They're up by two. got to play the Jaguars again. Obviously, the Jaguars would have to win that second matchup for a to happen, but then the Jaguars are only down one if they win that matchup with three extra games. The schedules are not, it's not an easy schedule for the Jaguars. They would, yeah, you know, they got the Jets and the Cowboys. Do we fork in there. the Jaguars? Yes. So yeah. that maybe is the team right yes. now Keep that is eye giving eye us the most worry the Jacksonville Jaguars.
3: Oh, and by the way, the Jacksonville offense, which has been pretty good this season to very good at times to great at times, did they unlock Evan Ingram, the guy that tantalized?
4: and tease Giants fans for years. I mean, it's hel- it helps that he's healthy, too, but oh, yeah, he He's good for, one of, he's good for the, one of these. He's good for one of these a
5: season where suddenly I'm like, yes, he's the number seven tight end in the NFL. And then
3: he starts start to him. flash a little bit more, I feel like. Uh, 15 targets for 162 yards on 11 t- on 11 catches with two touchdowns. in this. Game. No
8: answer for him, but I did start him on my fantasy team, so at least one good thing came out of uh-huh.
3: this. Well, well that's... That's groundbreaking news. Thank you. All right. Do we have to take a break or we keep going?
0: Let's take a break. All right. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John
7: Wall. And I'm CJ Toledana. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have it off?
0: I said, I said, OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because then I it? it?
7: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like... meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva, With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like... <sighs>
3: All right, we got two more games before Sunday Night Football. Let's keep the train rolling to Seattle.
6: The snap, the give to Blackshear, protects yep, the ball. Yep. He's got the five. Touchdown, Raheem Blackshear! <laughs> well, Ben McAdoo said, all right, we're going to go back to what we do best. They ran it down the throats of the Seahawks.
3: My goodness. Did they ever. Jordan Gross and Jim Zoki with the call for WBT. There was a moment in this game where the, the Seahawks seemed to get things under control. They're falling behind 17-zip. They got it to 2017, and then Carolina just said, oh, wait, they literally can't stop our running game. And we don't even have Christian McCaffrey anymore. But it doesn't matter because guys like Chuba Hubbard and Raheem Blackshear ran right over the Seahawks en route to a 30-24 win, a damaging loss for the Seahawks. And the Panthers, after another Tampa Bay Meltdown are in the mix in the NFC South. In fact, if not for that miracle uh, by the Bucks on Monday night, Greg, you did your tabulations, and it's that time of year, by the way. Um, I don't. I, this is not a crossroads thing because we fire the the Greggy bot three thousand up with our playoff uh, simulations. Greg Rosenthal
0: playoff
1: calculator now online.
3: Oh, I like that. We are now online. And what would have happened, Greggy, if the Saints didn't (laughs) gag their face off on Monday night? We'd have a four-way tie right now in the NFC South. (laughs) I wish we did. It
5: it would have been the one way to make this uh, dreaded division... Fun. Just listen to him tabulate. Mark. We do have no, a playoff it's, it's, uh, team. Finally, the, the Eagles have officially clinched for the playoffs. By the way, yes.
3: And I, but I think they the, want more. This is just the start.
5: I think the Panthers have a legit chance to make the playoffs here at five and eight because I think they're the best team in the NFC South. Oh they're, my gosh! They're four and three since Wilkes took over. They have an identity on both sides of the ball. They would be five and two if not for that crazy missed extra point game against oh. Atlanta. Oh man. See how this works? Seattle <laughs> is so soft. I couldn't believe when they punted yeah. mid fourth quarter just because you got to know your team and you got to see what's in front of you. And at that point in the game, it was obvious Seattle just could not stop the running game of Carolina. And so they punted it away at fourth and seven and they marched right down the field on that Black Shear uh, touchdown drive. We finished with the Black Shear touchdown. 10 for 74 in over five minutes. They had a similar drive to kick a field goal later that just burned clock. And Sam Darnold had 36 yards after halftime passing, and they held on to a lead in Seattle. Like, they didn't need to do it just because they were running over Seattle. He's got a
3: big, bushy beard now as he begins phase two of his career as a man making a run toward being the starting quarterback for a team hosting a playoff game, a division <laughs> champion, no less, in about a month or so. Um, and he saw what the rest of us saw, which was, I could it could be my glory day. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give it to the running back because that's what's going to get that us kind the win. He's well, that kind he's just person. not a selfish guy. No, he should have taken
5: yeah. some more glory because the only reason Seattle was even in this game that late was because they had four straight cracks at it from the three-yard line of Seattle uh, late third quarter, and they bizarrely threw... Four straight passes. And Darnold had a chance to run a couple of those in, and he didn't. His instincts were up and down, I would say, in this game. It wasn't about the quarterbacks, but it kind of was because Geno Smith, I think, needs to play at such a high level right now, like an MVP level for the Seattle Seahawks to win games, and he didn't today, and then the rest of the team that's, shows up. Bad defense, bad running. I mean, game. it's
4: concerning, because like, their defense was showing up, but they gave the Cardinals their best day on the ground, one of their best days. They're the one team that allowed Tampa Bay to play that could run the ball for 161 in Germany. They gave up 283 to the Raiders. That was a disaster. 171 to the Rams, who haven't been able to run the ball all year long. I mean, that's this is a mess. The
3: air started to come out of the balloon slowly in Munich, and it's just continued yeah. for the most part for the Seahawks. So, yeah, I think, and we've talked about it all year, that Gino has been very good this season. But even in, in what's the season of his career, he's not an MVP level good. So if you're asking him to carry the team on his back, that's just asking too much for from, from Gino. And that, that, I think that's what's going to cost Seattle a chance to go to the playoffs potentially here is their defense just can't get a big stop and that's putting the offense in bad situation. So, yeah, good job by Carolina though. It's it's interesting they, they won 3 of 4. JC
5: Horn is a legit yes. star. So he had an interception early, and it was one of those throws you're like, wow, Gino, Like, why did he force it? It was one of the worst decisions. And then you rewatch the play, and they did a good job explaining it. That was not J.C. Horn's man. He like, reads the play halfway through, peels mm. off his man, and ends up making an unbelievable play on the ball. Broke up a- another play late that he couldn't quite get his feet in, or else he would have had a second interception. He is a star, and they have a nice pass rush there. They're like... They're a good team. I hope they give genuine consideration to keeping Steve Wilkes around. Oh, I think they will. I think if they win two of their last four here, if they like continue on
3: this track, I think Steve Wilkes is their coach next year. And uh, we've been talking about how bad the NFC South is this year. Mm-hmm. If the Seahawks don't make the playoffs, they will rue their performance against the worst division in football. They went 0-4 against the South. Can't do that. Can't, can't happen. I mean, but it did. Greg, it can't happen. And you know what? Wait a second here.
2: Wait a second. As a showing of respect, (laughs) I locked up the Seattle Seahawks, as did my lock brother in arms, Mark Sessler. And I asked you, Greg Rosenthal, to come to me and join us and bring all the families together. And yet you chose to say no and betray us and betray that trust in that olive branch. I will not forget this. I will not forget this injustice, A lack of loyalty.
5: I mean, sometimes uh, I think you've learned in this these situations. you got to not listen to the boss. you got to not listen to the lock father. you got to try to win this thing. It's like... Uh, you know, Salvatore, I won't say his nickname in The Sopranos. When you they, could say it. When, was Big
3: Pussy. That was they, his character's name. When they it's asked him to name. go out on the boat, I, you know, don't say yes. Get out of there. I can't say his name. Oh, my word. <laughs> no, no, Grabbing his pearls. Yeah, Sal shouldn't have gotten on the boat. That's what I'm saying. You got to sometimes, uh, yeah.
5: you, you got to make decisions with uh, your head. So why didn't you tell
3: heart. me? Why didn't you tell me? Wait, get, again. <laughs> so you were aware.
2: You were aware that the boat I was getting on was going to take me and my brother, Mark Sessler, to our early demise, and yet you let that boat go out to sea. This, I cannot respect this. I
4: will I mean, not forget it. I could have told you from weeks ago yeah. that you were walking into a dangerous path forging this, like, lock zaddy or lock daddy thing with Greg. Um, how he's, is this, how he's is gonna this leave my you by fault? The, he's going to leave you by the side of the road you, at some you, point. Sir,
2: you are at a crossroads.
4: <laughs> you guys
5: are always <laughs> talking about, oh, yeah, we're the real Lock We're like 25 well, and 5. We're right. Well, so we're it's now, t- we're not, t- not t- working t- out is. Is Zatties, not too well. It's not working out too well. The, the real yeah. Lock Bros right betray, now are me and the West Bros hanging you, out.
2: When you betray the Lock Father, you are at a crossroads, my friend. And you will <laughs> learn the hard way.
5: Yeah, you'll suffer
4: You've pain.
2: chosen the wrong
3: path.
4: I mean, but we you and I are the ones. I didn't Dan,
3: choose an are, L here. You know, yeah, that's
4: what I didn't choose.
3: We've not. So the, I'm you not were, sensually... you were out of the office on Thursday. You weren't feeling well. I don't count that as a miss for us because when we're <laughs> okay. when we lock up together, there's a synergy where we we feel it, the energy. Yes. And in this case, I didn't even learn that you had locked until after the lock father had already come it's in. It's not how we normally do yeah. things.
4: I hear you, so and that it,
3: that explains that.
4: I mean, the minute I filed that lock, I was thinking to myself that might have been an odd move. Probably but, something
3: you know. Yeah.
4: A real a real
5: father like takes responsibility. Like uh the Lock Zaddies over here, they're just making
3: excuses and We forge on. <laughs> Don't you worry about us. I was gonna is he gonna come back? Does he have to say something else? No, we have to move on. He's he did say you're at a crossroads. Whenever the guy the head of the family says you're you're at a crossroads, that's probably gonna end with a, a bowl through the glasses I'm on not the massage
8: table.
4: You don't survive.
3: I'm
8: just gonna play this one more time for I'm me. I'm not going I in the
4: woods with anyone.
3: <laughs> oh, poor Adriana. Let, let's go to uh, Mile High uh, to close things out before we get to SNF. Must we?
6: Mahomes being pressured,
7: moves to his right. They're coming from behind him. Now flings it, slings it to McKinnon at the oh, forty, stop to it. the thirty,
6: to the twenty, That's to absurd. the 10, to the five. To- Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! It was an underhanded shovel at the right boundary for a 50 yard touchdown! They were all over him! Patrick Mahomes, the Magic Man, outstanding magic? job. This is playground I'm stuff confused. that we get to witness. I Chiefs was... Kingdom, we're spoiled, we love it. That man, I
4: believe. I don't think he literally just called him Batman. I mean, if he did, maybe, I don't know why
3: that would make a lot of sense. Justin, can you do some research uh, while we talk this game to see if, indeed, Mitch Holtis and Danan Hughes of WDAF call Patrick Mahomes Batman? Sure. There it is again. I tweeted about it. Like, Patrick Mahomes makes decisions that would land lesser quarterbacks on, you know, folly films for the rest of their careers. But when he does it, you know, like just throwing a pass underhanded, casually scrambling as a defender rolls in and it turning into a long touchdown. That's what he does. And the Chiefs, <laughs> it's crazy. they win 34-28 in this game. And it's a very weird game, a very strange game. And not just because Russell Wilson started playing really well at one point and, you know, taking his team up and down the field before, unfortunately, it looked like he got knocked out near the goal line and uh, suffered a head injury of his own. But this game was 27-0, late in the second quarter. Uh, Mahomes throws an interception, turns into seven points. All right, whatever. And then they get the ball back, the Broncos, before the half and score again. And then all of a sudden it's 27-14 at the half, and you're like, oh, that was stupid. Uh, But obviously the Chiefs are just going to turn it on, and this game will end up 48 to, you know, 17 or something. No, because then the – Broncos get the ball after a punt to begin the third quarter, and uh, uh, Patrick and uh, Russell Wilson connects with who was it? Somebody had a crazy the running. Jerry bit. Judy. Oh no, no, Judy had three oh, Marlon touchdowns. Mack this. Marlon back Mack came back screen touchdown, rumbling a and run. bumbling and stumbling 60 yards for a touchdown, and it's 27 to 21, and uh, the Chiefs obviously get away and get the win. Smith Schuster is a touchdown late. But not only did the Broncos get back in this game, they had multiple chances in the second half to take the lead where they had the ball down six points, but the offense either stalled and then the unfortunate injury to Russell Wilson, which is such a microcosm of his entire lost season when he finally gets things going, when Jerry Judy finally is locked in, uh, he gets knocked out near the goal line, and uh, it's Ripon who finishes at Brett Rippon.
4: You don't get a lot of games like this if you're a division opponent of the Chiefs where Mahomes throws three picks. That's only happened. That hasn't happened in like two-plus years. And, I mean, some of them were just not good throws, but he always makes up for it with this circus magic uh, or Batman Artistry. I'm not sure what's going on there, but the Chiefs. Like, it's okay to have a game like this once in a while, where a division opponent almost nips you. But I never really felt at any moment that they were going to lose this game. Then again, I mean, it was just bizarre. Just not I, lose it, but
3: it, it wasn't like it was like uh, the Broncos made it close, but it was never really a. Ch- they had, again, multiple opportunities to take the lead. Four. I just counted yeah. twice in the third quarter, and it,
5: it was. This was like a story of like the Broncos fandom season too. It was like they started out booing. You know, Russell Wilson oh, quite a bit with 27 nothing, mm. And then they make all the these touchdowns and they're playing good defense for a minute. And they're go, the place was kind of rocking there at the beginning of the third quarter. And then they go three and out two more times with Russell Wilson and they start struggling and the boos come right back for him. It was like a journey through in this one game. But even with Brett Rippon, they could have gone down the field at the end and tried to take a lead. They did not. Yeah, and yeah, the Mahomes, right. yes, just... According to my
8: cursory research, it appears that Mitch Holtis does call Patrick Mahomes Batman. Oh, I don't
5: know about
4: that one. Hmm. Am I going to get a bunch of tweets now from people being like, "You should know that Patrick Mahomes is being called Batman." Nobody
5: thinks that is that you should know that. Nobody knows he's Batman. I don't know about nobody. Super well, people in Kansas City. I mean, he made like the touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster, where he does the three sixty, would be like the greatest play any quarterbacks made. Yeah, that was incredible. But these interceptions were a little worrisome. One was, I think he he just thought his arm was going to get it past Josie Jewel faster than it, than and Jewel made a great play. The other one, he didn't see him. The other, he
3: threw while getting hit. Like they're, they're not good. Here's the thing about the the Batman thing: it doesn't really work because what makes Mahomes so great is the magic of Mahomes, the superpowers he he possesses. Right. And famously, what makes Batman you know so compelling and has for decades. He doesn't have superpowers. He's actually the world's greatest detective, Batman. Yeah, and he combines his his knowledge and his street smarts and that need for revenge with all those you know toys he has in the Batcave, and it makes him this fierce fighter of crime.
4: Yeah, you take off Batman's like utility belt, and he's a lot a much lesser of a. Problem to deal with on some level. Just if you're a
3: handsome, a, handsome uh, billionaire bachelor. I would. Ca- I mean,
4: it's more just Superman Mahomes because he's doing mm. things physically that we don't expect someone that looks That's like a I mean. human to do. Well, exactly. It doesn't so fit. Doesn't it's, work. it seems like it's a stretch, which is why I believe that wasn't his nickname, but I was wrong. Uh, also, Grant
5: Williams <laughs> of the Celtics goes by Batman. So,
3: but then who's? Someone's got to be your Robin <laughs> in that t-
5: case, right? Grant I mean,
3: Williams took Batman. He
5: he is trying. He's trying to. Take and the
3: the Jerry Judy drama of the game was interesting because when things are going hideous when they fall behind 27 nothing there's a play um, after a fourth down failure. Russell Wilson also threw a pick six in this game, by the way. Um, there was a fourth down failure. That was a crazy play. Judy comes off the field, takes his ha- helmet off. A teammate tries to put his arm around him and console him. He throws his teammate's arm away. A referee kind of gets in his area, kind of bumps the referee, and he wasn't even penalized for it, let alone he should have been thrown out of the game in line with. I'm glad they didn't, but like that's, ha- that's what usually happens when you make contact with a ref. Goes back to the silent, just furious with the state of the offense in the season. Uh, so if, if Denver fans are looking for any positives here, he then went off uh, with three touchdowns in the game and was targeted um, with regularity by Wilson and then later Ripon. So What a
4: lost season.
5: The last season. Uh,
3: Broncos quarterback to beat the
5: Chiefs was Peyton Manning.
3: Hmm. Long
5: time ago. <laughs> it's uh it was kind of just like a hit your uh, six foot putt uh, Sunday here for all the AFC top seeds. I mean they were tricky games, but they all Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, Cincinnati all drive in advance. Nice little, Maybe like analogy. An I,
3: like I don't know. All right, one more game to hit. Grave digger, jump in here a second. As we have now traveled back to our respective homes to beat the traffic after the. Chargers Dolphins showdown at SoFi Stadium, huge AFC implications, but not just implications for those teams, but also our producer Justin Graver. His producing career at a crossroads, uh, as he had the great Bongo fiasco um, of a couple hours earlier, and now we find out what will happen after this next highlight. How you feeling?
8: Very nervous okay heart pounding through my chest
3: all i could promise you is that the reaction will be fair one way or the other
8: good all right that's all i can ask for
3: all right hit it late switch by herbert out of the pocket two receivers this side williams feet down touchdown mike williams
2: what a difference having him back in the lineup
8: No. What? If the Dolphins completed that comeback, then it makes sense. Of course, this was a Bongo's game. This was the game of the
5: week. This was of Justin course. Herbert. They saved their season. It, it was all in the outline. performance.
0: Now we gotta find Chargers. a new producer. Short-handed and you're Herbert.
4: In a, you're in a no-win scenario, Justin. No matter what you had done, there would have been that, that is round not cr- true. This
3: was clearly Bongo. No, we're gonna give. We are gonna give Justin. A chance to save his broadcasting career right now. Let's re-rack it. Highlight and do it the right way. And we'll pretend this whole ugly affair never happened. That's how much I care about you, Justin.
8: How much will we pretend?
3: Like edit it out or like No, it's gonna be in here. <laughs> no, there is a there is a penance that you're paying right now, but we're also giving you a shot at redemption here.
4: It's like, how is this redemption? He's just doing what we're telling him to do. <laughs> He's following <laughs> our orders at every turn. Are you just
3: think... fo- Are you just realizing now how stupid the show is, Mark? Now, well, no, because I think
4: the... Justin understands how I feel about nineteen to out of twenty pranks that unfold on the show. <laughs> just getting tugged around on a leash.
3: There's no prank.
8: I think it, good producing <laughs> is doing exactly what you guys want.
5: So, sorry, Mark, but
3: it's... I wanted the bongos. <laughs> Okay, here it is. Late switch by Herbert. Out of the pocket, two receivers this side. Williams! Feet down! Touchdown!
7: Mike Williams! What a difference having him back in the lineup.
3: Oh, yeah. Doesn't it feel right? Justin Herbert. He hears you, Emmanuel Acho. And all the other haters out there. And he just goes on national television against Tua. And just wipes the floor with it. Justin Herbert threw for 367 yards. And that score to his old buddy Mike Williams who was back in a big way in this game. And never mind the final score. The Chargers took it to the Dolphins. 23-17 at SoFi Stadium, and yeah, you get the bongos. Because Greg Rosenthal, these Chargers, as we've talked about in recent weeks, sometimes it feels like in recent years, there's always this idea of what they could be. If only this went right this way, if this play went differently, if this guy stayed healthy, if this entire side of the ball stayed healthy. But in a game where they were missing many key players, Herbert kind of lifted everyone else up with a brilliant game.
5: I... Enjoyed watching this so much because I was so wrong about it. I, I felt as surprised almost about this game as almost any game all year. The fact that they dominated it in that way and that Herbert did it as this like bravura performance that has Chris Collinsworth going insane, saying it's one of the, losing it, you know, man. best quarterback performances of the year. I, I agree with them though. And I, and I think those two drives, the one to end the first half and then the long field goal drive in the fourth quarter showed everything that Herbert can do. He was under pressure so much. He made more throws under pressure and on the run today, completions, uh, according to next Gen Stats, than any quarterback since they've started keeping track. He had the deep passes. He had that third down to Keenan Allen where there was absolutely nowhere to fit it to start that fourth quarter drive. It was clutch as all hell. It was talent. It was mental. It was everything where, with a little help, and Mike Williams was that help, you got to see the full Herbert.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the lowlier aspects to this season for me was that I came into the year with so much excitement about the Chargers, what they could be, who Justin Herbert, was to me and it's been months of of not feeling that way and a lot of it has to do with missing figures on both sides of the ball but they were missing six defensive starters tonight totally dominated Miami Uh, that's a Brandon Staley win as well it's not just Justin Herbert Mm -hmm. and I thought that Greg you nailed it on that that drive before halftime 13 plays 90 yards what an incredible drive by Herbert and just the throws that he made and how he deals with pressure and then on that field goal drive part of it is not just the arm power. It's like he had that incredible 10 yard run where he showed you he can do it all. And I know even when he makes um, the rare mistake when there was the botched snap, it for him to dive under essentially around his center and get the ball to make sure that they don't lose the chance to kick that field goal, which changed everything for them. This is a quarterback playing at the top of his game. And I just think it's hilarious to watch this online nonsense about Justin Herbert not being as good as people think. Like, it's just that this team has been through so much. He's finally healthy. You have Allen back. You have Mike Williams back. You got Corey Lindsley back, which mattered a lot. And you got this version of the Chargers. It changes how I feel about this Los Angeles team going forward.
3: I that For me, that remains to be seen just because they're so up and down as a unit. Um, but at the same time, the thing about the discourse of Tua and Herbert, you know, pick back-to-back in the same draft class, What annoyed me and I think annoyed a lot of football fans that are actually watching the games is you have to kind of sometimes look beyond the box score. And Tua has filled up the box score beautifully this season for long stretches. And I'm not saying this was an indictment of Tua as a player, although that's two rough games in a row for him. Uh, but just watching the abilities of Herbert and the things that makes him special, like w- my favorite play in football is the Herbert play where he drops back to the opposite hash and then throws across the mm-hmm. field 60 yards on the line to a wide receiver. There's very few guys that could do it. Can can even imagine Tua trying to do that. Uh, but, of course, Tua wins in a different way. Um, But I think it is notable that Tua did start this game 3-for-17 while Herbert was doing all this. And when he connects with Tyreek Hill for that touchdown in the third quarter and makes it a game again, this is, again, where you credit the Los Angeles defense, the shorthanded defense, Brandon Staley, uh, a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, They tightened things up after that. They didn't let the game spiral when I kind of felt that that was a direction that this game could go. And my other thought was... Good job, Chargers, by not charging because, yes, Herbert better get down. Don't pull a Cam Newton when you botched that snap, and that was on him it appeared to be. Uh, get that ball because if you, if you lose after that brilliant drive, lose a fumble inside the 10 and then lose by a point, oh, my God. And then the onside kicks bouncing around, and that almost gets botched as well. But in both cases, the Chargers – kind of just got the job done and you just don't see that enough with this franchise in general. <laughs>
4: you know, I know, I know like Tyree Hill obviously was dealing with the, the injury that it, and it, the way they were talking about the end was maybe more of a shin injury and they're not wanting it to swell up and stuff, but he, he still made plays. But do you feel like Brandon Staley learned or took something from the way that the Niners pressed yes. Waddle, pressed Hill a week ago because it's two weeks in a row and this has not been, they had a few up and down moments in their offense, but Waddle and Hill have been unstoppable, essentially, no matter what's going on with the run game and stuff. And that's two games in a row where I thought they did an effective job. And in this case, it's with a lot of people missing on that defense tonight.
5: Oh, yeah. Let's be real. The only reason that the the Dolphins were even in this game is because Tyreek Hill gets a 57-yard fumble recovery, or else this feels more like a blowout. They still only ended up with 219 yards. They got doubled up uh, by the Chargers in total yards. And other teams are going to look at this. And these are two teams, Miami and San Francisco, that sort of have the genes of a press man coverage team. We've seen the league really just go into a total zone league. I mean, even teams that play a lot of man coverage, like, you know, the, the 49ers, they still don't play it that much, but these two teams are able to do it because they have the personnel, they have the coaching. And Absolutely, you think the Patriots uh, are watching this. They did a good job with a similar game plan in week one. The fact that the Dolphins came back to the pack a little bit now in the AFC playoff picture uh, by losing these two games, it, it makes you worry. It has to be into his head a little bit. Everyone knows what was going into this game. If we're, There were some throws in this game that just were. Crazy, terrible throws where he seemed spooked, a little afraid to make the throw and was just like way off target where you thought it was in his head. He he recovered a little bit. But those this is a guy we were talking about as an MVP kid. And I wasn't uh, exactly two weeks ago. And these are two weeks where I would say it was his two worst games of the season by far in a row in December. The time of the year that Mike McDaniel says we're all so lucky to get to the, the Dolphins
3: don't feel like they're embracing December right now. They got to go to Buffalo now on Saturday night and NFL Network, baby on NFL Network. And it's like, (laughs) man, you're going to that's a big time. Show me something game because I'm like based on what we've seen from Miami in the last couple of weeks, uh, based on, you know, who they really did a lot of their damage against this season. I don't have high expectations for their offense to thrive in that environment, especially like we saw with the Jets and Bills today. If The elements play a factor. I think there's supposed to be snow in the forecast in the yeah. upcoming weekend. So they, there's a, that's a, this is a fork in the road now for the Dolphins, who still are in position for the playoffs. But things get very interesting very quickly if they lose again on Saturday night. Right,
4: and, and last week, they, their defense played almost 80 snaps. They did again tonight. you got to quickly go to Buffalo, where it is meant to snow. The weather's going to be a huge factor. You got to play it down in simmering hot Miami the first time, and that affected the Bills. But in reverse, I don't like that situation for Miami at all. Just how how many snaps they've had to play on defense. This is the time of year where that kind of stuff matters and have a big impact.
5: I'd like to think that this game is one we're going to look back at as a fork in the road game. I'm not sure about the dolphins like falling apart, but especially in the positive sense for the chargers, they have the Titans Colts, Rams, and Broncos. So after that Titans game, that's a big week, 15 game, you know, that's a, it's a good looking schedule. As a Jets fan, Dan, I know you were weirdly rooting for the Dolphins in this game, and I think that made sense to me. And now that the Chargers won it, and if they can somehow get their defense playing well with
3: Herbert, the whole seven seed seems much more complicated to me now. Yeah, you know what? As I'm watching the game in the second half and I'm starting to examine the possibilities, I realized that kind of either way, there was a way to look at it in a positive standpoint because obviously now the Dolphins dropped this game if like many people think and the desert will feel this way, and that's how I feel. Let's say they don't beat Buffalo on the road, all of a sudden they're eight and six, and if the Jets beat the Lions, they're tied and they have a head to head matchup in week eighteen. So this it's gonna be great. This wild card race in the AFC is excellent. And oh by the way, uh the first tiebreaker for the Dolphins and Chargers is head to head and now the Chargers have that. So big game fun game the I'm going to avoid I'm going to be busy anyway with power rankings but I'm going to have no issue avoiding the online discourse around Tua and <laughs> Herbert uh that's going to be a lot of people taking victory laps or being on the defensive I'm just going to sit all that that sit all that out and just say that was cool seeing Herbert do that thing today and and the Chargers in general just a nice win for them
5: also an L for Brandon Staley who's I mean uh for uh Sean Payton, who's made it clear he wants to coach either the Chargers or the, or the Dolphins, I feel like now that now Greggy. neither can, is going to happen. Well, let's Just let's things.
4: let's see Draggy. the Chargers close the season. Take it out easy there, Greg, with the Chargers. Fashion, you know <laughs>
3: what? You know they traffic in a certain type of football, the Chargers, and that's <laughs> we get your hopes up and then we bring you. I down, know. Now they've knows? done it to
5: me again already.
3: Right. uh But oh, oh, great, Before we say goodbye, whoa. Speaking of forks in the road and. You know, everything Cross on streets. the line, Titans, Chargers, week 15. Somebody's in trouble after that one.
8: Is now a good time for me to tell you guys I'm going to that game?
3: You going to lock it up?
8: Oh, I am done locking the Titans. I might just be done locking, honestly. I'm on a five-game losing streak.
3: Oh,
5: no. Oh, man. Really? Five. Oh, boy. <laughs>
8: Uh,
3: All right. Hey, listen, listen, not everything went your way today, Justin, but I thought you really did uh, comport yourself as a professional. And in the end, you did get the bongos when they were needed. Yeah. So thank you.
8: Thank you. No, of course. Anything for you guys.
3: One more game on the <laughs> so schedule. He's shook. Beat. He's, he's like two in, is, in, he's the, like two in the quarter. quarter. <laughs> <laughs> One more game. New England at Arizona. Uh, Greg Rosenthal with special guest. Nate Tice joining us, joining Wait. me. Oh, yeah, that's right, Tice. That's great. I love, I love Nate Tice. The Cardinals are in prime time again,
4: and, and on the Christmas. Patriots. They, then the Cardinals are back on on Christmas too. What in the
3: hell is going on? I, I am invading that little cube uh, in Park Avenue next next spring and making sure this never happens again. This this prime time schedule.
5: Uh, there will be flex games on Monday Night Football uh, next year, which I think uh, is great news for everyone. Especially uh,
3: Joe Buck. All right. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we have another big week of shows coming up. So thank you for following us all season long. Uh, let's get out of here. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, the gravedigger, and everyone behind the glass that does the job. Until Monday, heed the call.